When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Studios. You're listening to Mackie and Judd, TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. Now launching. Mackie and Judd. We get things rolling with the opening bell. Want to ring the bell? The first and goal, seventh play of this opening drive for the Rams. Goal. Plenty of time, lost it to the end zone, and touchdown, Robert Woods! Second and goal. Corner of the end zone, Josh Reynolds! Flag is down. If it stands, Reynolds scores it. He's got him for the touchdown. Does he ever? Mahomes to Hill. What a response! 25-yard touchdown catch for Hill. Just what the Chiefs needed. And what a golden opportunity now. Triple play action sets up the screen for Hunt. Blockers in front. And Kareem Hunt will go right in. Taken down. Ball is loose. Picked up. Ebucom returns it for the score. Scoop and score. Ram. 20 seconds remaining. No timeouts. Mahomes, he does it! Chris Conley! Third and goal. Goff. Goff. He's gonna run it straight in! Jared Goff! You think we're done? How can Mahomes cap it? Look who it is! Big Travis Kelsey as he guns it into the crowd here at the Coliseum. Not even close to done. Mahomes winds it up wide open as Hill. How quick was that? Third and 11. Goff, ball is out, ball is out, and Alvin Bailey scores. Wow. The Chiefs take the lead. Can you believe this? Quick to snap it. Third and goal. Here comes Ford to the end zone, and it is caught by Everett. It's now all of a sudden first and goal, Kansas City. Crossing route, Conley, touchdown Chiefs, they retake the lead. Golf on first down, Everett in stride, wow, touchdown Rams. Football, football, yeah, football, yeah, football. Yeah. 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 That 
Ladies and gentlemen, was every touchdown, I believe there were 14 in all from last night's Rams-Chiefs game. I thought it was every touchdown from week 11 total. <laughs> That's what it felt like. It felt like it. it was, was Joe Desitore at every game for week 11? He did a really good job. He was hardworking. Yeah. He flew all over the country to get to every single game. So earlier on this show, at some point in time, among the many very questionable things I suppose I've said on these airwaves, I have said a couple of times that in one game, I was convinced the Vikings defense was good enough in a playoff-type atmosphere to shut down an offense like the Rams for four quarters to win that game. And by shutdown, I mean, let's say, 16 to 21 points or something. And then I sat down and watched that game last night. And that, <laughs> that game lived up to the hype completely, but I would like to amend previous stupid statement. What we saw last night between those two teams, the Chiefs and the Rams, was the National Football League's answer to the fast break in basketball. The three-point shooting craze. Seven seconds or less. And you just aren't now playing against Goff, Gurley, Mahomes, guys like that. You are also playing against an officiating, an all-star officiating crew last night. That whenever there was any doubt about should we throw a flag, should we try and help the offense along, they did exactly that. And so now the question becomes, Judd, do you think that that can be stopped? And if you're the Vikings, the answer is very simple now. Unless I am completely wrong in saying this, my earlier analysis was off. We saw the Vikings already try and stop a team like the Rams early in the season in Los Angeles and lose 38-31. And here's the statistic that should scare the living jeepers out of anybody who likes a team that's built around defense, i.e. the Minnesota Vikings. The Chiefs and Rams after last night are 2-3, and three, Manny Hill, in the National Football League in scoring at 36.7 points per game and 35.4 points per game. 2-3. Oh and three. The New Orleans Saints, even after last night... The New Orleans Saints, who put a whooping on the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday, 48-7, lead the National Football League in scoring average points per game at 37.8. This is after we saw a 54-51 final between the Chiefs and Rams in which these two teams combined for 1,001 yards of total offense. A regulation football game. This was not overtime. This was 60 minutes of football. Allow me to amend earlier silly statement of, (laughs) well, I think the Vikings can go in there and maybe for one playoff game, I said, stop a Rams or, well, obviously it'd be the Super Bowl for the Chiefs, but the Saints who can also put up a ton of points. After what we saw last night, welcome to what the National Football League would love to see for a long time. And now the only question is, if you have a defensive first coach, are you built in the correct manner to try and win football games? That was a ton of fun to watch last night. Mm -hmm. But you also had to be watching that game thinking to yourself, "Uh -uh. (laughs) uh-uh. You're not going to stop this completely. Uh Yeah. Uh-uh. I, I think that, well, I think what it is is we just have to, we're, we're at a point now where we have to sort of taper our expectations for what the standard is for shutting down an offense like that. Like, I think if you if you go into the L.A. Coliseum and you're the Vikings and you can hold that offense to, I can't believe I'm going to say this, if you hold that offense to 28 points, that's I think that's a good that's a good goal to shoot for. 
If you can hold that offense, Kansas City to or New Orleans or something like that, if you can hold them to 28 points, I think you could probably chalk that up as a pretty good defensive performance with the way the rules are, the way these offenses are talented and everything. The question, Judd, I think for this Vikings team, though, is if Mike Zimmer can put together a game plan to, again, I can't believe I'm saying this, hold the Los Angeles Rams to 28 points in a game, can Kirk Cousins and the offense then do enough to score at least 29 and win the football game? Because that's what it's going to take. Right? That's what it's going to take. What's your confidence after what we've seen of late from a team like the Rams? And I know the Chiefs defense has some real issues. Okay, I get that. Mm -hmm. But what's your confidence? Because if you're right, if it's 28 points, that's pretty damn good. That's very good. Yeah. But they gave up, when they played uh, the Rams in week four on Thursday night, I believe it was week four, they gave up 38 points. Mm -hmm. So the realistic part of me now says 28 would be fantastic. I don't even know it's possible. (laughs) <laughs> and you watched this this shootout last night between Mahomes and Goff, and the Kansas City Chiefs almost won a game. They almost came away with a road victory in which their quarterback threw for 478 yards and six touchdowns, which mm. is a phenomenal night, mm-hmm. but in which he had five turnovers that led to 21 points. And they almost won that game. And I watched that game, and I think to myself, and the Vikings, this is not an indictment of saying that the Vikings are a bad team because they're not, so don't hear it that way. But I watched that game last night, and in some ways I thought to myself, this doesn't even look like the same league. This doesn't even look like the same game that they're trying to play. This and, is the Arena League. And That's yes, what it feels like. Yes, yes. Kurt Warner was doing the game last night on Westwood 1, and I was driving home at one point, and he was referring to exactly that. He said, this is what we did when he played for the Iowa Barnstormers. Took us back to his Barnstormer days. He was re- <laughs> he was referencing, and this was in the first half, Manny Hill. This was in the first half. Mm-hmm. He was referencing the back and forth of the Arena League and his experience there to talk about a National Football League game. Just think about that for one second. Yeah. And you know what? He was dead on accurate. Yeah. He, he was absolutely correct. But... The thing that really, in the first half especially, that really astounded me was was this all-star crew. So ordinarily in this league, you have a refereeing crew that is put together for the season, and then the best officials are put together as all-star crews in the playoffs. But the league, I think for the first time ever, decided that they were going to use an all-star crew for this game. And I was curious, does that mean that they're that they just like these guys more and therefore it's not going to change much? What's going to be the different dynamic? And the dynamic was these guys in the first half were throwing flags constantly. Mm. So if you're Zimmer and you're going against a team like the Rams or Chiefs or the Saints again, mm-hmm. and, and you're on the road and you're going against that team and an officiating crew like we saw last night. And your defense needs every possible break that it can get to contain the quarterback, to break up passes, all of those things. Do you really think, do you really think that you're going to have an excellent opportunity to play defense the way that you want when you're going against uh, Breeze and or Goff and or Mahomes, that group of receivers and running backs, but in addition to that, also, an officiating crew that's looking for you to screw up in any way, shape, or form so that they can penalize you and give your opponent a first down. Yeah. 
Well, we saw, what did we see on Sunday night with the Vikings? We saw some undisciplined late hits, and we saw Harrison Smith hit Mitch Trubisky. And Trubisky's late when, hurt now, huh? Yeah, Trubisky's hurt. He's got the right shoulder, and that's something he kind of needs to be successful, even though when his right shoulder is healthy, it's he still kind of struggles to be successful anyway. But as long as his legs are good, he can run, right? right? Yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's where you look at this Vikings defense and you got to, you got to think about, you got to be disciplined more than anything because you're already going to be up against it against these officials who are calling, you know, the offenses of these teams and the officials that are calling this game that are calling these games. How bad a coach, and this guy used to be good, but how bad a coach was Jeff Fisher when you see what Jared Goff has done? And That's McVay's, all I was thinking and about. McVay's, I was watching the game. And, how, and how about now, how about the evolution of this sport to, to on downs where you used to run no questions asked, you now pass? How did This game is, this game in basketball, in so many ways, if you brought somebody back from 1993 and they hadn't <laughs> seen the NBA and, and or a National Football League game since then, and you're like, sit down and watch this, they would say, I do not recognize this sport at all. The Rams are throwing the ball to try and essentially kill clock. <laughs> what do you bet? What it was you, great fun to watch. Oh, it was, it was, it was fantastic. It. What do you bet Sean McVay, when he first walked into the, to the Rams facility and they had their first practice last year right in the offseason and he was sort of looking around and he's looking at he's looking at Jared Goff and he's looking at you know these receivers and Todd Gurley and all that and he's going what the hell have you guys been doing for the last handful of years well and when he introduced his offense to them they must have been saying oh my gosh this is fantastic what are you even talking about here these things are possible (laughs) these things are possible so our uh, 1500 ESPN Twitter poll today that you can go vote on Mackie and Judd poll right now is, are you okay with the National Football League trending towards the Big 12 style of all offense and no defense? A very simple yes and no. Uh, Are you okay with the NFL trending towards the Big 12 style football of all offense and no defense? Let's take a break. Come back. The Scoop with Doogie is next. Don't go anywhere. More Mackie and Judd coming up next. Uh It's just what they'll be expecting us to do. On 1500 ESPN. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios. Please keep working during the following announcement. Mackie and Judd are back on 1500 ESPN. All right, quick check on your traffic. It's brought to you by T-Mobile. Let's head up to Brooklyn Park. We've got a crash uh, on 610 westbound. That's between Zane Avenue and uh, West Broadway. So be on the lookout for that. That's causing a few minutes uh, of extra drive time and also 35W southbound. We've got a crash uh, near Moundsview near uh, Highway 10. Look out for a crash there. Now at Metro, buy a select Samsung Galaxy or LG phone and get a second one for free on a new line. Metro by T-Mobile. Plus sales tax and activation fee. Requires qualifying plan. Phone, fr- phone free after all instant rebates. Free phone of lesser or equal value. See store for details and terms and conditions. It's scoop time with Doogie, but we have lost your intro. 
You what? We've lost your intro. What do you mean you lost my intro? Manny just told us off the air. Can't the scoop intro's it. gone. What do you mean you can't find it, Manny? It got erased. Look harder. It got erased. You've been disrespected. I think it's a it's a conspiracy. I think you've been disrespected. Or it might be a sign. <laughs> Seriously, like is management outside the studio right now Hold about on, to Jeff. escort me outside the building? I'm looking. Just make sure that Dan Seaman, we Mr. Need Hubbard, <laughs> others aren't outside the studio. But you know what, Doogie? This Not is a, a soul, job. Nobody cares. Doogie, this is a job for you. We need a scoop on what happened to your scoop open. <laughs> yeah, you got to. You got to. Uh, I will attempt to get to the bottom of that. You know how massive my ego is, so you know I'll be right on that. <laughs> All right, we played the Twins Polka song because we uh, start with some very relevant Twins news that you have unearthed about yet another young prospect who might not fit in, might not fit in to the Falvey and Levine regime. Correct. Yes. In a couple hours, actually, is it more like five or six hours before the day is done, all major league teams need to make decisions on guys that are rule five draft eligible. Do you add those guys to the 40 man roster, your 40 man roster, or do you expose them to the rule five draft at the winter meetings here in a couple weeks in Las Vegas? So the Twins already have added Nick Gordon, he was an obvious one, and Lamont Wade, an outfield prospect who I think was obvious, but I'm sure they had some back and forth on him. So now questions remain on pitchers like Nick Anderson, Brainerd native Nick Anderson, who was pretty lights out at AAA last year, who is cusp Major League ready. I thought he was worthy of a September call-up. Somebody like Jake Reed. Also somebody like Tyler J who was the Twins' sixth overall pick going back, I don't know what year it is. Do you have it there, Jeff? Yeah, 2015. 2015. So he went one spot ahead of Andrew Benintendi. <laughs> I was just, I'm just looking at that draft. That's unfortunate. Look at some of the guys right behind him. Did Walker Bueller of the Dodgers go a couple picks later? Uh, the next pick after Benintendi was Carson Fulmer to the White Sox. Ian Happ then went to the Cubs. He's obviously in the big leagues. Uh, let me see here. If it was Walker Bueller went after, it was way, it was well after. And yes, he went 24th. Okay. So, the, I mean, some Dodgers good players yes. went after Jay. Specifically on Benintendi. I mean, the Twins scouted him extensively at the University of Arkansas. But that week or two leading into that draft, there was zero dialogue with the Benintendi camp. So, price he was not in their mix. A price problem well, or oversight? if it was a price problem, you would have had some back and forth. Hey, what will it cost to sign Benintendi? Okay. Because he could have gone back to Arkansas for another year. But they never had dialogue with the Benintendi camp. So, that signals to me, you did your due diligence on him. You just came to the determination that he was not in the mix to go pick six. But, yeah, they ended up going with the pitcher from the University of Illinois and they were going to convert him to a starter, had some starting experience in college, but he's been a reliever. It's been one thing after another, some health issues. So, yeah, my intel is he will not be added to the 40-man roster later tonight and thus will be exposed to the Rule 5 draft. Now, it's entirely possible, much like Cole Stewart last year, the Twins did not protect Cole Stewart last year. The former number four overall pick was at the 2014 draft. I guess it would have been. So in 2014, number four overall, they go Cole Stewart. 13. 2013. 2013. Okay, thank you, Manny. Mm -hmm. So they left him exposed last year. I know some teams like the Padres, the White Sox had some interest in picking Cole. They did not. The Twins retained him, and the rest is, for the most part, history. I mean, Cole Stewart made it to the major leagues, and he wasn't a train wreck in August and September with the Twins. So it's entirely possible the Twins are just rolling the dice here with Tyler J and saying, okay, maybe we don't know yet. Maybe we do, 
But hey, we don't think he's going to get picked. So we'll roll those dice. We don't think he's going to get picked December 8th, December 9th, Rule 5 draft, and we'll retain him thereafter. But the headline would be, my intel is, Tyler J. will not be added to the Twins 40-man roster. The Twins are are um, going to be flush with cash, obviously going into the free agency period that is now open. What is your intel tell you about who they might be pursuing or sniffing around at least? Well, it's interesting. I mean, some names I thought they would, like Cody Allen, former Indians reliever. I thought the Twins would at least check in by now on Cody Allen. They have not. Doesn't mean they won't, but they haven't yet. Sure. There's been some national steam about Nelson Cruz. The Twins could use a DH. They have yet to have any conversations about Nelson Cruz, at least externally. They did meet at the GM meetings with Scott Boros, who has Dallas Keuchel, Marwin Gonzalez, some other high-profile free agents. They also met with the Levinson brothers, who have Daniel Murphy, the former Metro Lever who got traded to the A's, Familia, Joe Kelly, Nathan Avaldi. I know there are some Avaldi fans here. They have reached out on J.A. Happ. So they have done some external work on some free agents, but it is interesting on some guys that they have not. They have also talked to the agent for a free agent second baseman, D.J. LeMayhew. Mm-hmm. They've also talked to the agent for, in my estimation, now some might say Dallas Keuchel, but in my estimation, the best free agent starter available from the Arizona Diamondbacks, Patrick Corbin. But, and this won't surprise you, this won't surprise the audience, but right now I am told the price point is too high for the Twins on Corbin. Uh, first base, first baseman. That's kind of a spot that needs to be uh, figured out, right? It does, yeah. Are I mean, they, absolutely. Is there any, are you hearing anything on any names that they might be looking at? There is not much steam. Now, I'll tell you this much. I just thought, have they talked to the Arizona Diamondbacks about either Paul Goldschmidt? Who they're shopping. Or Zach Granke. Both guys are very available. Mm-hmm. I have some Arizona Diamondbacks contacts. One in particular, actually has some ties here to the Twin Cities. One in particular is really good at getting back to me. We have some mutual friends going back many years. This individual has not texted me back in the last week when I've inquired about Goldschmidt and Granke and whether the Twins have interest. Doesn't mean that the Twins do or don't. I just personally find that fascinating, so I'm sharing that with the audience. That, hey, this individual who is tied into the Diamondbacks gives me good stuff and in this particular case has not gotten back to me. How active do you ultimately expect the Twins to be in this process? Relatively active, but not super active. I actually think they make a trade. I was told they checked in on James Paxton before the Mariners moved him to the Yankees. Who would they move, do you think? Well, I mean, Royce Lewis is off limits. Kirilov is off limits. Their top pitching prospect is off limits. Is Fernando Romero off limits? Probably. Is it Gratterall? Is that how you say the last name of their top pitching prospect? Yeah. Did he get as high as Fort Myers last year, or was he just at Cedar Rapids? I don't know. Can't recall top of my head. But, I mean, he's highly thought of. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's pretty much off limits. You're not moving him. But they have some other guys. I mean, it's, I don't know if it's top 10 per Baseball America. If it's not top 10, it's in that 10 to 14 to 15 range. This is no longer the 25th ranked farm system. You know, it's not a bad farm system. So they've got some guys that they could look at moving. Nick Gordon, maybe? Yeah, I mean, I think they would be open-minded. kind of a rough year. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if his value, Manny, is all that high, even right. though to me at, what is he, 21 years old? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and he, he didn't dominated hit, he didn't double A, didn't hit a triple A. Right. But he's young enough where, to me, that's an obvious one. Because you can always find 40-man room. 
Like Zach Granite right now is on the 40-man roster. As Patrick said, give me a pencil. You can cross out Zach Granite. Yeah. Tyler Duffy. Do you want Tyler Duffy in the 40-man roster? I mean, these are conversations they're having over a target field. Yep. Now, I was told Alan Boosnett's spot is safe. But you look at some of the other arms. Vasquez, the lefty reliever that came up at the end of last year. Is he worthy of a 40-man spot? Yeah, I mean, as Patrick says, yeah, I mean, give me a pencil. You can find 40-man spots. But they'll have to create some more. I mean, right now, with the two additions of Wade and Gordon, what are they at, 38, 39? So they'll have to create some spots when they bring in a free agent or two. Timberwolves news. Are, are the Wolves now, they, they were previously a mess. They're still a little bit of a mess, but the Butler uh, trade certainly solved some of their problems. Are they now sniffing around the carcass of the NBA's latest mess, the Washington Wizards? Well, they had dialogue with the Washington Wizards going back many weeks after the Jimmy Butler trade request broke on September 18th, September 19th. I am told that the Wizards reached out soon thereafter. The Wizards said, hey, we are willing to move Otto Porter. Will you take Otto Porter, who's a pretty good player, Mm -hmm. only 25 years old, Mm -hmm. but big money. He's making Wiggins money, basically. He is. Yeah, Yeah, he is. Yeah, maybe one less year. Yep. Maybe overall total amount guaranteed. The rest of the way might be a little less than Wiggins. But, yeah, I mean, he's making really good money. And it might be comparable to Manny. I don't have the numbers in front of me. But, yeah, Otto Porter has a ton of money left on his contract. That's probably a big reason why the Wolves said, hey, thanks. But no thanks. It was the Wolves who turned down Butler for Porter. Mm -hmm. The Wolves then said to the Wizards, hey, we love Bradley Beal. Who doesn't love Bradley Beal? (laughs) Mm -hmm. The Wizards said, no, we are not moving Beal for Jimmy Butler. But yeah, there was the report yesterday that there's been some infighting, that the Wizards are open to listening at least on Beal, yep. on John Wall. Now the John Wall money John is Wall ridiculous. John Wall Brooks in practice, right? Yeah. Sounds to me like John Wall is kind of the center of all the issues out there. Imagine really. having, imagine, and Beal isn't, by the way. Imagine right. a player who is classless enough to go to practice and meltdown. <laughs> Just think about that happening. That would never be allowed by a professional. Now, here would be the difference. Man, that's what I called him, Timberwolves East. Here's the difference, though. John Wall actually apologized to Scott Brooks for his outburst. You think Jimmy Butler anywhere along the way said, hey, I bleeped up. I'm sorry. <laughs> that would be the key difference. KG shows up at the game last Friday against Portland. Was that a, was that a surprise? Not necessarily. Glenn, I would take it he and Glenn did not exactly break bread together while no, he was in town. No, no, I was asked that on Saturday morning. No, KG and Glenn Taylor did not have a conversation on Friday night. KG still has some business holdings in town, some real estate holdings. In fact, he employs somebody that lives here in the West Metro. Yeah, so KG gets back here from time to time. He still remains in contact with Carl Anthony Towns. He had told Carl That's Anthony good. Towns. He plans on showing up for a game this year. So it just it worked out, you know, especially with the Prince theme and all that. So it worked out. And he also wanted to see his guy, Gary Trent Sr., Gary Trent Jr. That was another hook with the game against the Portland Trail Blazers. Yeah, game late. Yeah, he did. Yeah, and he scored like five or eight points. He scored right away. Can we please mm-hmm. just have enough of, a, enough of an apology of some sort to get 21 to the rafters? Well, I mean, can we just get Can we just get that? It's just so embarrassing yeah. for... Not your best player, easily your best player, not to have his jersey retired at this point. It's an embarrassment. Well, you're right. But recall, for what it's worth, now you talk to the KG people, they have a different version of this. But owner Glenn Taylor, I think it was actually on these airways. I think I was filling in for you. One of the times I had Glenn on, it wasn't the podcast. Maybe it was, but either the podcast 
or the radio show. Yep. I asked Glenn that question. And according to Glenn, KG has been informed that whenever you want your jersey hanging in the rafters, just say yes. We will have the ceremony ASAP. See, that the, th- the invitation has been extended. That this is on KG. See the thing of it to is say yes. See the thing of it is is KG is and I'm not speaking as somebody who knows him personally, but KG is a guy that I mean loyalty and, and go, keeping your word and it all of that is like huge with him. Like think mm-hmm. about think about the Ray Allen thing, Doogie. When he when Ray no, Allen you're right, left, Manny. You're Ray absolutely Allen right. Went, went yeah. to played for the Miami Heat. KG was furious. And it was mainly, it wasn't even so much that Ray Allen went to the Miami Heat. It was just the fact that Ray sort of did it and didn't tell anybody that he was going to do it. And like that was six six years ago. And KG is like still upset about that. Well, I know. It was just, just, he's just that type of guy it where would he just holds on to things. Be nice if you could have some sort of 24 hour resolution to retire the guy's number. It would just be nice. Yeah. I agree. And you know what? I'm a firm believer that time heals most, if not all, wounds. Yeah. I think in this case, now it might be when the next ownership group comes in. And if you're asking me for a betting favorite on who the next Wolves owner is, and we might be talking three, four years from now, but I think it's the real estate guy from New York who's a limited partner right now. So maybe when that guy takes over for Glenn Taylor, yep. and again, four years from now, five years from now, but I do think eventually that ceremony happens. Now, don't forget, though, when you're talking about loyalty, Manny, you know, KG waived his no-trade clause. He was locked in with the Brooklyn Nets. Mm-hmm. He had a no-trade clause, that Thaddeus Young trade, that Flip made, yep. to bring KG back here. But that was Flip, right? That was I mean, Flip. 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 So was the question sort of is, the for all and of it's that. not a question that I have an answer to, at least not a full answer that that I'm ready to report on. What exactly did Glenn know? What did Flip tell Glenn about assurances, verbal promises made to KG post playing career? Trust me, KG did not waive his no-trade clause to come back here. Just to play. There was way more to it than that. Mm -hmm. Post-playing career stuff. Whether it was ownership, you know, limited partner, you know, a lot of things were talked about between Flip and KG to convince KG to waive his no-trade clause. But what did Flip tell Glenn? How much did Glenn know? And if Glenn knew anything, did he agree to what Flip promised KG? But that's where it all circles back to when you talk about KG and loyalty. Final scoops and what and what can people find on the uh, Scoop podcast at Podcast One, iTunes, and fifteen hundred ESPN.com. Injuries are always tricky because I was led to believe Anthony Barr would play against the Bears, but heck, the guy's not under contract in March, so it's always tricky. Yep. So I've got that disclaimer, but I think there's a better chance than not that David Morgan, with that knee injury, misses another game. This is not a season-ending injury, so he'll be back sometime in December. And I guess we'll have to just wait and see how practice goes tomorrow and Thursday. Those are the two big days. But as I sit here on Tuesday afternoon, I'm led to believe it's more likely than not that David Morgan, who they missed. I mean, you think about it. They could have used his blocking against the Bears. They missed him. Really good blocker. That is more likely than not that Morgan misses another game. Barr told me in the locker room yesterday he vows to be back. But again... He pretty much told people last week when he was going to be back. you're not signed for 2019, that makes a, a difference. There's no question about Agree. it. Agree. Zeke Naji Hopkins High School announces his collegiate choice on Friday at noon. Okay. And he's down to Purdue, Baylor, Kansas, UCLA, Arizona. Also sort of North Carolina. He actually visited North Carolina last week. But I'm told North Carolina just hopped in too late. 
So his pick on Friday will not be North Carolina. I'll just say this much. I'm not going to ruin the kids' announcement, but it's hard to beat the Blue Bloods. So if you're Purdue, if you're Baylor, I'm just saying it's hard to beat the Blue Bloods. So right. look at the Blue Bloods that offered Zeke Naji, one of the 30 or 35 best players in the country in the class of 2019. I'll add this. I talked with Lou Pinella, sweet Lou, Ooh. earlier today. I will tape a conversation with him at some point later today for my next Scoop podcast. He knows Rocco Baldelli incredibly well. He thinks the world of Rocco Baldelli. He did. Briefly with the Rays, right? Or for a period of time he was with the Rays. That is the connection. So sweet Lou, Lou Pinella, who in my opinion should be in Cooperstown one day. Sure. I will talk to Lou Pinella later today. And that's going to be posted at some point this evening, is that, uh, yeah. or tomorrow morning? Or tomorrow, can find that? yeah, the next Scoop right. podcast, sometime before Thanksgiving, is my goal. That'll be episode 186. Very nice. Thanks, Dukes. You got it. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. You too. Don't go anywhere. More Mackie and Judd coming up next. Oakley dokley. On 1500 ESPN. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios, Mackie and Judd are back. Come on, there's so much to do. On 1500 ESPN. Goal. Part of the end zone. Josh Reynolds. Flag is down. If it stands, Reynolds scores it. 20 seconds remaining. No timeouts. Mahomes. He does it. Chris Conley. So Rams Chiefs last night lives up to the hype. Danny Cunningham, that's one of the most fabulous football games. If you're just a fan of the sport that you can possibly watch. And I come in today all excited to talk to my new buddy, <laughs> my new buddy about the game. And he looks at me very seriously and says, I watched King's Thunder. And I thought to myself, you're a millennial. What is that? Is that a Netflix no, Thunder show? Kings. Thunder Kings. But I looked at you and I'm like, what, what show did you watch? What's this, some British show? What the hell did you... You're like, no, no, the basketball game. Sacramento OKC. You complete knucklehead. I, I know you're a basketball guy and you cover the beat, but how can you not watch the... If Hey, if the Chiefs-Rams had surprised us and we're like, oh my God, I can't believe that game was so good, I'd be, you know what, total pass for you. You knew that was supposed to be the game of the season. All right. In my defense, I watched like, watch the Big 12 game of the week every Saturday. That's the same thing. We just watched the Big 12 game of the week on a Monday night. And I, I caught the last two minutes and change of that game. I tuned in like three plays before the two-minute warning. So it's not as if I didn't watch any of it. I saw the final, I saw the game-winning touchdown. So I, I got the same result as all you guys. I just, you know, missed most of it. But Amon Shumpert played really well for Sacramento last night. He had like 23 points in the first half. Buddy Heald went off in the fourth quarter. De'Aaron Fox is really developing into oh a guy God. that he's not going to be a star, but I think he's going to end up being in that like next tier. Amon Shumpert's a big deal now, Judd. Okay, do you I know? Do you he remember, played well. Do you know that the last game Jimmy Butler ever played in a Timberwolves uniform against the Sacramento Kings that Friday night when they lost to the Kings, it was Iman Shumpert who led the Kings in shot attempts. Man, he's not wrong. I want to talk about sicknesses. I thought <laughs> I thought my hockey obsession, because I watch a lot of hockey. No I, one cares about your sport. I thought, well, that's fine. And I don't care that, that people don't care about it. But I thought that it was a weird obsession because I occasionally will watch hockey instead of other games that I probably should watch. But between Danny Cunningham and Matthew Collar... And your complete sickness obsessions with your sports. I mean, Collar literally does right, break well, down. And you, but Collar's watching games from like the seventies. 
I watched the live game. Like, Collar's going back and watching, like, the Bills in the Super Bowl. Oh, it's worse than that. Oh, it's, 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 it's more than that. It's like, I mean, I thought I was a nerd. It, it, Collar's watching, like, the Cardinals and the Cowboys from, like, a random regular season game from 1996. I watched a live, <laughs> nationally televised game last night. But you did it during the course of one of the... We both watched nationally televised games last night, Chad. Both watched national TV games. I feel like you need help already. I also, if you want, if you want to hear about the rest of my night, I also I'm 49, watched, I can help you. I'm older. <laughs> I watched I can Cavs, explain Pistons, where you're going wrong in life right now. And League Pass kicked me off because I think it didn't want me to see the Cavs defense anymore because they are atrocious. The Wolves might score 200 points on them on Monday night. <laughs> They're bad. But now J.R. Smith's gone off the Cavs. They just said, we're, we're done here. So I don't know how, how I feel about that. Then I also, uh, I watched another game. What was, oh, I watched... Uh, Bucks Nuggets. The Bucks wore the worst uniforms in the NBA last night. The worst uniforms in the league. And that, that was a team that you covered previously in Madison before coming here. Correct. And so you hadn't seen these duds? Um, they had not worn them on court. I had like seen them, what they looked like. All right. But they look like garbage. Like if a okay, if a five year old draws the Pokemon Pikachu and <laughs> turns it into a basketball uniform, that's what the Bucks wore last night. <laughs> I don't. I'm gonna have to find this. It's think pretty of, bad. I've think seen of them like too. It's the bad. the case that a McDonald's apple pie comes in. Sure, but turn it yellow instead of white. Okay, and imagine Giannis wearing it. Why do NBA teams and and I get the merchandising end, but why do NBA teams push the envelope so far with because there's some great jerseys. There's some oh, great look. There's some magnificent the, looks. The Wolves Prince one. Yeah. Awesome. Fantastic. But one of the best jerseys in the league. Shouldn't there be like a taste, a, a uniform taste consultant who's like, you know what, that's just going too far. See, there are. And I want to know how many people had to say yes to this before. Like, like <laughs> no one was like, guys, this looks like trash. Like, how was there no one there? Like, the Cavs have a terrible uh, city edition or whatever we call these ones. The, the same... Type that the Prince one is the the Cavs version I think of it. City is correct. Awful, yeah. City I think edition, you're right. City edition, yeah. Terrible. It, it looks like garbage. They tried to combine like three eras of Cavs basketball and the Cleveland tourism stuff. Look it, at this. It just Judd. looks terrible. Look at that. That's what the Bucks wore last night. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, why? why? Like, does that not yeah, look like why? Pikachu? Oh, that looks like something that so, you would so say. Do you, don't do you, leave the house wearing it. Do you know what they modeled it after? No. The floor from the Mecca. Okay. Once again, why didn't somebody say this is a bad idea? I don't know, one? but it's awful. How ugly is that thing? That is so that might be it, the right. worst. It's, it's yellow with just a little bit of red on the like one. Pikachu had a red red cheek. Yeah, right. Oh, that's <laughs> for awful. all our Pokemon Pokemon Pikachu. fans out there. Yeah, basically, I'm I'm lost in this part. Like sorry, that's yeah. what Eric Bledsoe looks <laughs> I'd like. I'd like to just fully admit I'm lost. Eric, Eric Bledsoe lost. was Eric Bledsoe was Pikachu, and Giannis was Giannis was Ash Ketchum. <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking about, but it sounds bad. It sounds really bad. Yes. That was the Bucks last night. Did you, by chance, get a, uh, get an opportunity last year to see the the human highlighter uh, uniforms that the Wolves wore at times, uh, which I'm the, hoping the, are out the of bright, rotation. The bright green one. Yes. Oh, those are in rotation still. Don't worry, they're coming. Oh, they're not they going are. anywhere. Those, those are the those, Saturday night jerseys, right? Those are. I don't at know home. what night they wore them, but I know that they are on the uniform schedule. Yeah. Um, the, the Wolves actually do this thing, and a lot, some teams do it, some don't. Where they already have out what uniform they'll be wearing what night. Like, you can go on their schedule, and it says, 
um, what they're going to be wearing. Yeah, the, like the Prince jerseys, I think, will be worn again in January, I think, the next time they're going to wear them. And that like the, right. the Wolves also have a jersey that has yet to be unveiled okay. that's going to be worn. Um, but like, so let's see, where are we at in the schedule? Tomorrow night they play Denver. They'll be wearing blue jerseys tomorrow. Um, those beautiful highlighter green Saturday, go to the game. Check them out. I Chicago went to, Bulls in town. All right, so can watch Jabari Parker not play defense yeah. and look at lime green uniforms. So, so you'll see bright green uniforms and Jabari Parker and Zach Levine not playing any defense. And they are wearing them against the Celtics the following Saturday. So the, yeah, it does seem like this uniform. is a Saturday uniform. Full, uh, full disclosure, I saw those jerseys on TV and absolutely thought I was going to puke. And then I went to a game. They're not nearly as bad in person. Really? I see. I'm not some. I don't like the bright, the super bright colors. Like I think the Atlanta Hawks uniform palette right now is awful because they've got that That, like that that volt green. green. Yeah, Yeah, I think it's called volt green. It's just trash. Like get that out of my sports. The only place that should be able to have that is the Oregon Ducks. That's it. No one else should be allowed to have volt green. So, how many potential jersey combinations can an NBA team have these days? Uh, This. These days, six. With Nike taking over, you can have your Icon, Association, um, City. City. I love the city term. The Earned, which is the one that has yet to be unveiled. If you make the playoffs the prior year, you get an extra jersey. The throwback jersey. (laughs) And I'm missing one. So, does the Earned go... Away, if you miss the playoffs, I believe so. So, so the Wolves will not have the earned in 2019-20. It's looking that way, but I Tips can't say definitively. Lose, Tips is going to lose a jersey. He's going to be very upset by that. It's a marketing opportunity for the team. Yeah, I, I but and I love their throwback uniforms that they've got going this year. I agree with you on that. Like that they wore for the like Derrick Rose 50 point yes. special. Great, look. those are perfect. I wish that that was their full time look. I, I think surprised. that's the best looking franchise history. I was surprised, and Danny, you and I were both at the game on Friday. I was surprised Tom Thibodeau actually was wore purple. Festive, wore, and he wore a purple, wore See, a purple shirt underneath his suit. He now, should, he should have, have gone all out and yes. wore the purple, the the complete purple getup. He should have gone all purple. Do you know what you're suggesting? That would have been no, no, he shouldn't have. Yes, he should yes, have. No, no, he shouldn't. No, nobody should. Nobody should be subjected to Tibbs looking like Barney the dinosaur. Yes, because you know what? When when Tibbs eventually, you millennials just want to make fun of him. I know. When Tibbs eventually <laughs> leaves this job, so the whether, guy who said he should show up with, with a clown mask on. Right? <laughs> hey, that was just realistic, okay? <laughs> because when Tibbs either gets fired or leaves this job voluntarily, what's the stock picture we're all going to use for that write up? We're going to use Tibbs in all purple. I wanted that. He would have looked like Barney. And who would have said no? Who would have said no to that opportunity other than him? Him, yeah. I I wanted it. Terry Stotts would have done it. What are we to take away from Sunday's effort or lack thereof after they won three consecutive games? That team was tired. And it's hard to blame them. I talked to Cat about this earlier at practice today. You know, when they they traded Jimmy Butler the day they got back from the West Coast on Saturday, they practiced Sunday, played Monday, practiced Tuesday, played Wednesday, practiced Thursday, played Friday, practiced Saturday, played Sunday. Why didn't take a day off from practice? Because they had new guys to incorporate. Oh, okay. Okay, You're right, you're right. right. Normally, you would be like, this team needs a day off, Tibbs is riding them too hard, whatever, and that would make sense. You're right. But when you've got one starter and another and your sixth man that you have to try and incorporate on the fly, you need those practice times. And especially when you're at home the whole time, you can't fault them for having a practice every day. But they were ready for to 
they did not have anything yesterday. They needed that off day. And I think that they kind of ran out of gas against Memphis. Part of the part of the reason was they fell into the trap that Memphis wants you to fall into and grind it out and play slow and play Memphis's game. And they're going to beat you every time when you do that. But another part of it was they were mentally and physically exhausted after that stretch. TCL Broadcast Studios, we're going to take a break. Come back. Phil joins the show at 4 o'clock. Don't go anywhere. More Mackie and Judd coming up next. Gentlemen, do the medicine, Kevin. On 1500 ESPN. Mackie and Judd are back. Please, continue. On 1500 ESPN. All right, let's check uh, traffic here in the TCL Broadcast Studios. 35W southbound, we've got a crash in St. Anthony. That's between County Roads D and C. Uh, So be on the lookout for that. That's going to cause a few minutes of extra time on your commute. Here comes Westbrook up and down, moved to the rim, missed it too hard, grabbed by Bielitsa. Quick ahead to Fox. Fox shovels right wing, jumper downtown, no good this time. Rebound, Coley Stein, second chance to a cutting jumper, left hand reach, scores the basket. 23 first half points for Iman Jumper. Danny Cunningham is in the studio right now, pumping his fists in excitement about a regular season NBA highlight. God bless you, son. He was so good in that first half. So good. Keep going. I love the enthusiasm. Hey, championship pedigree. Championship pedigree. The dude's got a ring. You bash hockey. I I didn't bash your sport. I think it's great. I didn't bash hockey. I just think that you should that last night I would watch football. Amon Shumpert was on the floor. At the end of Game 7, in which his team won a game to win a ring. The man has a ring. Beat a 73 I have great team. respect for him. deficit they rallied Didn't from. Didn't Iman have, have like, uh, he had high a four hair point or something? Play. Yes, he used to. Like the he, high he hair. He used to have a high top. Yeah, That's it was what I thought. awesome. Okay. And then it got too long, and it started, like, flopping over the front like Alfred Payton's did. And now we cut it. And I wish he would grow it back, but it looked, it was sweet. Best NBA haircuts that both you guys have seen. Oh, man. What's the best like ever? Yeah. What's your favorite haircut? Well, actually, you know what? Let's start in 2000. Because if, if we go back to Dr. J, then you got the great yeah. afro. So let's go back to You know who's got a great afro is Jared Allen of the new or the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, yeah, he does. He, has a, he didn't play against the, the Wolves last like said, week when remember. they were— yeah. He was sick. He'll play on, on Friday morning, okay. but his afro is outstanding. It's not quite as big as Dr. J's was or any of those guys from like the 70s or 80s, but for today, it is tremendous. One of my favorite ones. I loved when J.R. Smith had the mohawk look like back in 2015. Um, that was one of my favorites. Amon Shumpert's high top was great. I kind of I kind of like what Robert Covington's got going on. I like Covington's. It's really yeah. it, it's different. It's creative. It's mm-hmm. it's long and it's oh, it's awesome. He doesn't have that haircut on NBA 2K19 though. I'm very disappointed. I don't have 2K19 yet, but. That's that's a gripe you need to take up with Look Ronnie. Judd. How, like, how what much, the hell are how you much guys time talking? can an adult spend playing <laughs> NBA 2K19? You're, you're 33, Manny? 34. Okay. <laughs> okay, okay. Manny, you're what, Jonathan's 21? been playing NCAA 14. <laughs> no, I game's four I'm years in, old and I'm still playing I'm it. indicting him, too. I'm asking how many hours of a day an adult who has responsibilities can spend playing games. I, I don't know. I spend all my, I, I don't spend any. I spend all my would-be video game time watching the Kings. But Jed, you 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 were like in your mid twenties during like the zenith of like Madden football games. Like I don't know what I was doing. I think I was drinking. You can do both. Yes. No, I could have. I didn't. I don't know why I didn't. And and you know what I missed? I was twenty four, I believe. Was it NHL ninety four? The the one that they're playing the the greatest hockey game of all time. I missed it completely. Absolutely. I don't know how. And that should have been in my wheelhouse. Derek Rose has good hair too. 
Yeah. Derrick Rose looks like he's 42, though. I'm Biologically, he's probably like 65. He looks like he's my age. He's I not, watch him he's play. He's not playing like it, though. He's no, playing he's pretty well. well. <laughs> Believe it or not. And you know what? That's why well. they should be shopping him. I told you guys the plan. Did tell you? Layden, trade him. Tell Scott Layden, trade him. Don't tell Tibbs until the deal's done. Dario Sharch does not have good hair. All right. He's gone, Tibbs. And with nothing we could do about it. You're both done. I like Kawhi Leonard's hair. Guys, I thought we were in a hurry. On 1500 ESPN.